Because really, agriculture is this massive machine, right? A global machine today. To which I don't really remember having it in the forefront of my mind when we were growing up. Like, I didn't think of it that way. I just never really did. Yeah. And it's probably because of technology that we do today, or that I think that maybe that transformed as we had a smartphone in our hand. Now right. we can see what's going on in South America. Yeah. They never really pay attention to it when we had a flip phone. Yeah. We didn't or even dial pay attention. up internet. We didn't even pay attention to what was happening <laughs> no, in Missouri or Tennessee. No. But now I didn't even pay attention to what was happening in Ballard County. <laughs> yeah. right? It just didn't matter. It didn't resonate. Right. I was. I don't know. I think I was so. I don't engulfed in the craft that the horizons never really were. And I guess that comes with age and maturity. But just never really was. You know, college opened some of that up, right? I think yeah. that's one of the best things I got out of college. I didn't go to Murray State for them teaching me how to farm. Yeah. So here we go again with another episode of the Agriculture Podcast. Today we're at the Kentucky Commodity Conference, and I'm joined with uh, one of my great friends, uh, Mr. Brandon Hunt. If you've uh, ever been a part of Kentucky agriculture or you're in Kentucky agriculture, you'll know the Hunt family. Um, Wayne was the uh, patriarch. He's the granddad, was the uh, original farmer in the family, the OG, and uh, and then you have Steve, who is the uh, he started or maybe didn't start, but I, I'm going to let you, Brandon introduce himself. I'm just giving a rudimentary introduction. Steve, uh, Brandon's dad, they also own a case dealership, H and R AgriPower, and H and R is very powerful in our uh, region in Kentucky or in our area in Kentucky. Um, and then Brandon is the farmer of the bunch, uh, currently running Hunt Farms. And uh, over the course of the last few years, I've got to know Brandon really well, become great friends. And um, if you're in Kentucky agriculture or you know Kentucky agriculture, you know their family. And um, they're very influential in our state and in the nation. And um, they have a very uh, unique history and very cool diversified farm that not only is corn wheat and soy but they also do hemp and tobacco and uh, to go along with their um, ag machinery dealership and also they've been on the retail side of agriculture so you're going to get a unique perspective today from uh, another person that has been on multiple sides of agriculture he himself does the farming but he's also got to see the other sides of the business knows the business very well top to bottom and like when we were in that commodity conference today with uh, people from around the state of Kentucky in all types of agriculture everybody knows Brandon enjoys to talk to him um, he's a character and uh, you're going to get to see that today when you visit with him on our podcast so we're excited to have him and I'll just let him tell you a little bit about him and his family hey thanks for having me on uh, we've been trying to get together and get this done for a little bit so uh, we've been talking about it for a couple of years. Podcasting's a uh, it's a cool thing, and I think it's a really cool thing for agriculture. To just sit down and talk about talk about ag, yeah, right? I mean, it's uh, I know we're passionate about what we do. Uh, it consumes us. I mean, it's 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 uh, uh you know, extremely unique because agriculture isn't a uh, it's not just a career; it's a lifestyle, right? And, and we live it, and we raise our families in it. And uh, I. Uh, I really don't know what else I could do to fulfill myself uh, professionally other than be in agriculture. I, I can't even wrap my head around the day that agriculture doesn't consume some part of it, right, or all of it. Sure. But uh, it's a really, really cool industry. It's a really unique industry, and uh, my lineage is, is pretty unique with the, with the boots I'm stepping behind. Um, my granddad doesn't often brag on himself, so uh, I get to do that some. And, and dad too; they're very, very uh, quiet about uh, about what they've done in their careers, and uh, and uh, I understand that. And, and you know, and most farmers don't have egos. But my granddad's and dad both and have devoted their careers to Kentucky agriculture and and different ways and different faucets of it. <clears throat> and you know, I, I was just telling you before we come on. Um, 
a lot. I, I was uh, growing up in the foundational buildings of it and didn't really have responsibility and participating in what they were doing. But uh, just being at that foundational block and living through what, uh, you know, really different times in ag and different ways of ag, whether it was retail and uh, starting a river port or, uh, you know, being present and, and having some contribution to the to the equipment dealership or what we've done with the farming operation so uh, like i said it's such a uh, such a unique industry <clears throat> and i think you know uh, stuff like today we've been here doing business because we're on commodity boards right but uh a lot of it is relationships and agriculture i think is probably one of the most unique industries where you never outrun relationships and to be honest it's probably the most enjoyable part it is because I mean, we have so many things we can't control about how we're going to succeed in a year. Um, but man, the people, some great people in the industry, and even the people that that's worked for work for our family. I mean, I do, we have been blessed beyond measure about the people that that's that's been partners of ours, whether we were doing business with them or. They were working with us or, or still are working with us. I mean, we just some killer, killer people. It's all well, about the people. It, it sure is. One of the greatest things about agriculture is the unique and diverse talents that you get across the board in agriculture from the production side to the manufacturing side mm. to the retail side to the representative side. You have a lot of unique and diverse individuals, all kinds of characters. And um, one of the great things that I've learned about over the last couple of years or several years in being a part of the commodity boards and just traveling around different parts of the country and visiting people in agriculture is you get such a diverse spectrum of people oh man i mean top to bottom and it's great people top to bottom you yeah. rare, very rarely run into people that you just cannot stand in no that's right it's salt of the earth folks and it, i think it's cool for us you know because our generation we're uh we're coming into the, what you and I are doing today behind the generations that really accelerated Kentucky agriculture. Sure. And I think I, I enjoy as much as anything learning from who we're coming behind to carry on the torch. And, and we, you know, we might turn the gas up on it a little bit. It, every generation is going to do it their own way. But, man, and you and I are old souls, right? Not everybody are, is, but you and I both are. That's why we get along like we do. But just the appreciation for what they've done, and we could go a laundry list, oh, not yeah. just my granddad, yeah. but a laundry list of people of what they contributed to enable us to be, well, hell, to sit here and do what we're doing today, right? Oh, that's right. And talk about what we love because they paved the way to let us do, um, you know, have a, a one well of a foundation. Yeah, Kentucky agriculture is, uh, we're very blessed to be a part of Kentucky 100%. agriculture. You, you always hear about the state of Kentucky and the horses that are in it, but Kentucky agriculture is so much more than that, mm -hmm. and the talent of the Kentucky farmer and Kentucky producer um, is second to none in the country. I agree. Um, Extremely progressive. You very know. progressive. You see here. it, you travel, and I've traveled, and I, I guess I take a little bit for granted because I grew up in it. Like, that's the way my brain was programmed to think. Yeah. Now, Dad and Grandpa were, I'm talking, progressive, right? And they have driven, you know, just, you know, not only from the farming situation, but for what that's they were doing for a living extremely progressive in rationales of fertility and technology and all that type stuff so you know my brain's naturally that's i mean that's the way it's supposed to be yeah boy you get outside of kentucky and things aren't always that way that's not uh we're we've been very blessed to grow up in a very progressive uh techno technologically advanced agriculture state and a well of a start of sustainable row crop agriculture before sustainability was even a catchphrase yeah um so talk a little bit about how wayne uh got started in his career and uh what he's doing now what your dad's doing now and then what you're doing as well hey guys clayton here i'm interrupting your podcast right now to tell you about my media company atlas media solutions that uh makes this podcast possible as well as all the Denton Farms media happen. So I'm going to play a quick ad real quick that I put together. It doesn't really explain that much, but it does sound pretty cool. So I'm going to let you guys listen to that. And afterwards, I'll explain to you what the business is all about. 
spend enough time on the internet these days, you start to realize there's a lot of people who don't really understand where their food comes from, what's going on. I figured, hey, rather than complaining about this problem that I feel like the agriculture industry is facing, I should do something to fix it. My name is Clayton Lind. Um, the purpose of this business is to do one thing, serve agriculture. Thanks for listening to that, guys. Um, I won't spend too much time explaining what Atlas Media Solutions is, but uh, Atlas Media Solutions is my media marketing company that 100% exists just to serve agriculture. Um, a lot of my time is spent on the road or on a plane traveling around the country producing high quality media material for different ag businesses. Um, and so if you guys want to learn more, please feel free to check out our website or follow me on Instagram. Um, but we just wanted to kind of plug this to let you know that because of this business that I run, it allows all of this um, stuff with Neil and the YouTube channel to happen in the first place. And so as long as we are sponsor free, I will continue to tell you that this podcast is brought to you by Atlas Media Solutions. And we are proud to say that we are um, here 100% to serve agriculture. So that's feel, guys. I'll let you get back to the podcast. Enjoy. Thanks. So Grandpa, he was uh, he worked a midnight shift at a factory in Hopkinsville. And uh, he went to work for a fertilizer company, uh, WR Grace here in Hopkinsville. They, they were a fertilizer uh, supplier. And he was a salesman there. And, um, I, I, I'm probably going to butch it up a little bit, but he just, you know, he thought there was a bigger, better way to get the farmers to be more successful because he was a farmer. He farmed in the day and worked midnight shift in the factory at night when dad was growing up. So somewhere along 74, 1974, he went out on his own and started a retail business called Agrichem. And, uh, of course dad was young, uh, real young. And, um, uh, he hired his first two people, a uh, lady in the office and, and a guy by the name of Alvin Schmidt. And uh, Alvin still works at Agricam Day. He's been with my granddad, uh, I, I guess, since 70, 70 something. Yeah. Two, three, four. Right. So as Agricam was growing, uh, you know, dad got, got old enough and he was he was farming. And Alvin was farming and grandpa was selling fertilizer at Agricam. And we had a uh, Ashland Oil uh, distributorship. And. Um, did, had a small trucking business hauling cows, and I think if they could throw it in something, they hauled it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just getting it done. Yeah. And uh, Agrichem really uh, really started to blossom because um, one thing, uh, one foundational principle of any business that we've got is, is customer service and, and you're pretty much just working your butt off, right? Right. And that's the way that's the way that's the way this country was built and agriculture is not an exception to that. Hard work gets you where you need to go sure. and doing right by people and taking care of people and taking care of your customers and that's that's a foundational principle that he will never waver on um, and hasn't ever. And so uh <clears throat> Agricams continued to grow. We had, I don't know, six or seven, eight retail stores there around Hopkinsville, Trenton, Herndon, just you know, that uh, outlier model away from Hopkinsville to supply, sure. branched over close to your end of the woods, Barlow and Clinton. Yeah. Opened a Riverport in Edible. Uh, that was a big step up with uh, being able to barge in fertilizer and started a wholesale division out of that other than just supplying the needs of the retail locations. So uh, that all was happening through the 80s and uh, early 90s. And dad was farming and splitting his time helping grandpa manage uh manage at agrichem and farm too and all around about 90 1990 um case there was a case corporate co company owned store in hopkinsville tractor dealership come up for sale grandpa decided uh you know it, it thought it was best interest of the farming operation to to make some changes in farm equipment and they thought that was going to be his retirement project after <laughs> <laughs> after uh you know going as far as he wanted to go with retail uh not seeing the horizon of what was coming but now looking back you know what kind of did happen to retail in the state of kentucky yeah as our family and uh the miles family were the last two yeah. uh, sizable privately owned sure. retail outlets to to uh to go through so uh Started started AgriPower with one store, so at that point we had Agrichem, one tractor dealership, and the farm. So uh, they were not looking for anything to do. Plenty going on. Plenty going on. And some not 
super great economic times for real crop agriculture. Yeah, pretty difficult times. Some some tough knocks in yeah. there. Farming and, and trying to, to, you know, start another business and maintaining the, the original retail business, some hard nights in there, I, I have to know. Sure. Just being a student of history. Yeah. There were some not-so-great days around there. Yeah, not every day is a great no. day in the farm world. No, it's not. So, uh, man, AgriPower was a one was a one store place and uh, opened a second one in Russellville, Kentucky, about uh, 94, 96, somewhere in there, I think. And then that thing's just been on a... Uh, He's been on an expansion curve that hasn't really let up. Uh, started as a one-store dealership, and I think we've got 21 today. Yeah. So uh, across five states. Massive um, operation. Pretty massive operation. Yeah. Um, so agri- agri- at one point we had a pretty sizable, I think, I don't know, I think maybe when we sold the last part of our share of agri came out of there, we may have had 10, 10 tractor dealerships plus agri- a part of agri chem. The grandpa and dad still had management responsibilities inside of, and then the farming operation too. So, um, ended up selling the, the last portion of our uh, ownership of Agrichem to Hopkinsville Elevator Co-op. Um, fantastic success story for Western Kentucky. What that co-op's been able to achieve from grain and ethanol and retail business, and uh, really put all of our eggs in two baskets uh, with uh, AgriPower H and R AgriPower. Um, and then, and then the farming operation. So dad was a farmer through and through and still maintained uh, maintained a lot of responsibility in the farming operation up to when I come home from college. And uh, uh, AgriPower was on a pretty hard expansion right then. Yeah. And he's had good people at the farm, right? He always he got, you know, Mark is there today. I think he came somewhere around the mid-'90s to help take the day-to-day load off when dad needed to be, you know, in town doing other stuff. But then he would come home during the busy season and help, you know, farm, run the farm. Mark was there every day to run run the employees and make sure things were, you know. Keep getting done. Yeah, on the day-to-day. Yeah. So it just always comes back to the people. My, my, my conversations always come back to the people. Such great people. Yeah. Agriculture, such great people. But specifically, you know, the people that's been influential in my life are just, I mean, monsters, man. So, okay, so Wayne now, uh, farmers never retire. No. And and ag businessmen never retire. Never gone. But um, I'm sure he has backed away some now. and uh, In title. Yeah, in title, but in not title, in but person. Not, yeah, so uh, <laughs> we kind of did a title shift around. He's the C, chairman of the board of CEO of AgriPower Day. Dad's the president by okay. title. Um, and those roles are, I mean, I mean, it's become large enough today that – needed to be a little bit of segregation of who was doing what so we continue to try to do things to the uh to the degree that you know the vision was to always have them done yeah so dad's president today um grandpa's not anywhere close to retired he still goes in the office six days a week and (laughs) i mean he's the vision and he's the teacher and he's seen more than any of us have right just by his age and and he's and he's extremely sharp um known countrywide yeah hasn't (laughs) lost a step yeah really uh he's just uh we're lucky to have him around we're still lucky that he wants to wants to be involved and wants to work and i i, I don't i think he will until the day oh. good lord calls him home right and sure. i don't really have any desire for that to be any different sure so. yeah just a, a great um asset to that K- kentucky agriculture community to still have him active day to day still active in frankfurt on ag development sure. board and ag finance yeah. i think he may be the last sitting original member from when that was developed when that was formed from the tobacco buyout money? I, I saw where uh, Jonathan Shell, who is our incoming Kentucky... Commissioner uh, Bag. Yeah, he had Wayne on his... Uh, Transition team. He sure did. Mm-hmm. So Wayne is very active in our ag community still. He is. He's a titan among our uh, ag community, actually. And a visionary, yeah, right? A visionary sure. to get a... a uh, and I think this is where row crop agriculture in Kentucky is extremely powerful... He's able to rally a group of people for a common goal. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that uh, I've always tried to pay attention to, um, and I think that's what makes one sector of West Kentucky so dang powerful, Christian County for sure. We can all buy in and get to a common goal about what we need to do for our industry. Yeah. Whether that's legislatively or regulatory or whatever needs needs to arise, 
Our group's pretty dang stout. You put boots to the ground. Yeah. They? And he's the reason. He assembled that, you know, he assembled that mentality of, look, there is, there's power in numbers. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and I'm glad that we get, I'm glad I've had the chance to tag along behind it. I'm not going to say learn the ropes, but learn the ropes, right? Yeah. A lot of good communication, a lot of good connections and, and just how, how his, what's in his mind, because it doesn't always come out, you know, what his brain is, but you can, you know, study people and figure out. Yeah. So having those opportunities to go and uh, participate, because at some point, he ain't going to be here. Yeah, sure. You know, and our industry can't go backwards. No. And I think one, this is one of the great things about having a great mentor like your mm-hmm. granddaddy and your dad is they don't always have to say things mm. uh, to get you to understand how they work and right. how, you know, what they try to accomplish each and every day. Mm-hmm. They set out goal uh, in mind and look to accomplish that goal. Yep. And when you get to witness that each and every day as a young man, it sets you up to be able to uh, set your life up where you are a goal accomplisher as well. Right. So Brandon... Um, is running the farm day to day. Yep. And um, his dad's running the H and R, and his granddad's still coming in each and every day. But we want to talk a little bit about your farm and what you're doing. And uh, Brandon is the type of guy. This is an extremely large farm, but Brandon is in the cab every day, so he's not an owner operator that goes to his office and sits there and watch on. Uh, the computer, what's going on in his field. He's actually performing the task, either in the combine. If you talk to Brandon during the uh, midsummer period, he is on the sprayer, I guarantee you. He runs the wheels off the thing. So um, he's very much... the enjoyment part. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's the funnest part of agriculture. That's the reason you still want to do it. (laughs) It's the fun part. Yeah, the the bookwork is the crap part. Nobody wants to do that. The finance, nobody wants to do that. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to run the cool equipment. That's right. Uh, And... He has an opportunity to run some of the coolest equipment going right now. and uh, But just talk a little bit about your day-to-day, what you do every day, what your vision uh, is for the future, what, uh, and just kind of how you've been successful in your endeavors. I was always a, I was always a, a wrench turner, right? That's what you know, Dad didn't cut much slack growing up. You started, I mean, I was one of the guys. I started out weed eating ditches. And riding lawnmowers, plumbing till I was 12, right? Yeah. Grass had to be mowed during weed cutting season. Grass <laughs> yeah. had to be mowed before the green car could go. That's right. So, uh, and but in looking back, it was pretty frustrating because you want to go do the cool stuff. Sure. Right? I'm a 14-year-old kid. I want to go get in the tractor, turn yeah. the air conditioner on, throw the radio open, and go haul grain. <laughs> I, it didn't get any better. But uh, really instilling, you know, it's not always about the big glorious jobs. You always you got to dot your I's and cross your T's. And and it was I'm not saying they were hard lessons, but it was hard lessons when you're that age because I wanted to go be in the field with the guys. Sure. Any waking minute that I wasn't in sports or in school, I was around the farm because that's where I wanted to be. Yeah. I wanted to be with the guys. You know, the guys. This this is the fun part. Good lessons, bad lessons, probably not some no great lessons <laughs> lessons mom didn't need to know about those sure. were the days yeah right those are the funnest yeah days. and uh, man, we didn't have cell phones or anything like that we were i mean the highlight of the day was eating dinner on the back of the truck with the guys i mean it's stupid simple but looking back foundationally radically important yeah and um so that's the part of the farming operation i don't ever wanted to lose its face of because that's the enjoyment part well, i spend more time with my people that work on that farm than i really do with my own family yeah and uh they're an important part of it and one of my character flaws is emotional um connections right i mean it's great but it's it's days it's not so good but i i care about people i care about my people i care about the product we put out i care about the job we do i care about how things look and um that's an that's a foundational instillment from the two before me they're no different, and uh, and but I think that's also what makes the American farmer resonate with the general public. Yeah, um, I think it's in one of the enjoyable parts. Yeah. So, um, you know, raising a family changes your perspective too. I don't know that we talk about that much. Um, going, you know, raising 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 kids today, but really raising them. Period is a life altering event from just wanting to farm sure and then balancing it but also um 
Man, I don't know that there's a better place to raise a family. I don't think there is. You know, it's uh, one of the, one of the biggest learning curves of my career was going from because I'm a I'm an old dad. You mm-hmm. know, like I didn't I didn't start my family till later in my life, and so I went through my whole twenties and uh, really the early part of my thirties with no kids. Yeah, you know, just running hard. Yeah, you know, trying to be successful as I could be. Right, and and then you know, boom, my wife is ready to have kids. You know, I'm a me and my wife have been together ever since high school. Really. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, all of a sudden, you know, Hey, I'm ready to have children. Yeah. And it was a huge adjustment to my life from, uh, just being, doing whatever I wanted on the farm as many hours as I wanted to be there yep. to, Hey, I've got to be present in my family's life That's right. to, uh, for them to have a dad, uh, and, uh, I, to, for me to be a good husband. Mm-hmm. So it's been a humongous learning curve. Well, it's me. a constant balance, right? Sure. I mean, it's a never ending yeah. balance because the years change and the require time requirements change based on what we're dealing with for the year. But man, them babies don't change. They don't. They but want daddy home every day. Yeah, you know. And I, and I, you find yourself. I can't get home fast enough most days. Yeah, right. I, I'm the same way. You know. And I'm, even if I pop in and out, I don't know. Sometimes I'll just say hi in the morning. Just say hi. Yeah. And and I don't. It's probably more me than, for me than them. I need it. I need them as much as they think they need me. Oh, they'll be fine if I don't wake up tomorrow. But man, I, I don't know. It it really changes. It changes. It changes you. It does, and, and it, not for the bad. It, it doesn't. It, but it is an, a huge adjustment uh, from from large scale production agriculture. Yeah, to being a dad. Yeah, I mean half the time we're an ab- I mean part of the year we're an absentee father. Yeah, I mean, it's just the way of life. I mean they're asleep when we leave and they're asleep when we come home. That's right. And uh, I think that's one thing. Uh, <laughs> it, it's kind of a standing tradition on our farm. We don't do much on Sundays. Yeah. As the as my as my great great. Grandmother used to say the ox got to be in a ditch pretty hard, <laughs> and and I credit my grandmother and my granddad for that instillment, and it, and it's accurate. Everybody needs a break, and I need to see, uh, you know, we need to be present in our households on Sundays. We do uh, for vast reasons, uh, but you know, we need to rest and unplug for a day too. Yeah. So I, well, we've maintained that. I'm not saying we don't ever work Sundays, but I bet we don't work many. That's the way we are too. And uh, I always quiver because I come up the hill past Grandma's house to go to the shop. She lived, and grandma and grandpa lived right outside the shop. And some Sundays I'm like, man, do I, maybe I just need to hide my truck in the shed. <laughs> I don't need that phone call on a yeah. Sunday. <laughs> Brandon, are you working? Uh, she knows. <laughs> so, so I, I, you know, it's, uh, if we can't get it done in six days, really, I don't know what the seven one's going to gain. You know, right? I've heard that a lot over the course of my career. And I, if you're not going to get it done in six, you're not going to get no. it done in seven. I mean, if there's a hurricane coming, maybe, you yeah. know. But it really and truly it always seems to be something around wheat. It's either wheat cutting or wheat planting as a reason for a Sunday. That's right. I'm not working a Sunday for corn shelling. <laughs> I'm just not going to do it. So if you're not a wheat grower, <laughs> if you have a phenomenal wheat crop or any kind of wheat crop, and the quality is very good. All it takes is one rain. Oh, right? or a hail, a rain, a hailstorm, wind. Then, then you have nothing but a disaster no, on your hands. It's just yeah, all it's downhill terrible. from the first rain. That's right. So okay, so talk a little bit about. Uh, So I don't know that I ever went back to what I do day to day. I mean, I'm at the shop daily, right? I mean, we're there. I'm there every day unless we're, you know, out traveling, doing something like this, which has become more time than I ever thought I would spend away from the farm <laughs> doing not farming, right? Yeah. Um, but I think because of that appreciation for what, uh, you know, what Grandpa has and Dad have laid out and what uh, – Today, more than anything, communicating what our industry has to have to be successful, yeah. it's really a necessary evil. It is. You and I agreed on that two years ago. Yeah. And uh, so it's fun. We get to do a lot of cool things, and we like to go see cool people, and we get to tell our story and, and, and advocate for what our industry needs to be successful or advocate what the general consumer needs to be uh, confident in their food uh, and fiber. So. Uh, it's a necessary evil. So if if I'm not traveling, I'm day to day at the shop, and I'm going to drive a sprayer when we're spraying. I'm going to drive a corn planter. I'm going to drive a combine uh, most of the time. And uh, yeah, day to day is there. If I'm not, if we're not in the field, we're in the office doing something. You know, don't spend a whole lot of time turning wrenches anymore. I kind of have lost out on that just because whatever days we're not in the field, I feel like I need to be doing something. 
to put us in a better position for a different event. Um, so I don't get to turn a whole lot of wrenches in the shop anymore, which is, uh, I enjoy that part too, but, uh, uh, got a great group of guys that get stuff ready and they kind of give me grease. Sometimes I show up and drive, right? Yeah. But I can still work on it. Yeah. Still know how, <laughs> but, uh, we do a lot of cool projects and, uh, Mark, uh, he's been there for, I forget how many years, 27 or 28 years. And his kids were raised, <clears throat> raised around, around the farm and, so his son uh, has come back to the farm after he got out of college, and uh, he's uh, he and I get to do a, you know do some pretty cool stuff, whether we're working on different fertility plans or you know different ways of doing stuff, or we're working on some pretty you know we get to work on some pretty good R and D projects with Case IH uh, because of our relationship with the dealership, which is really my tie to the dealership. Uh, we get to do some pretty neat things, see some cool see some cool events with that. So never a dull moment around our around our farming operation it's not just it's not just eccentric around just what our desires are you know h and r you know and and used to be with agrichem too we had a whole lot of extra stuff going around sometimes didn't really pertain to our farming operation sure. but uh today we're pretty lined up on on the vision and the goal of what we want to achieve with our farming operation and uh uh get to do what i love every day and raise my family and get to meet cool people across the country, and we get to go do some cool things and uh, cool travel some neat places and interact with some really, really killer people that are just Goliaths in the industry. Yeah, it's super cool. You know, um, I'll, I'll just mention this. Like, if you are if you want to see Brandon's operation, uh, you could go to Big Tractor Power and watch some of his Case IH yeah. videos from the state of Kentucky, and you'll actually get to see Brandon, one of his uh, employees we're talking about yep, here, Jason. operating uh, the, is it a 16-row head? Yeah, 16-row head. Yeah, so uh, I think it says uh, on that latest video, like harvesting a 3,000-acre field, if you if you go to Big T- Tractor Power, Jason's page, and you look at that farm, that is actually Brandon's farm. Yeah. And uh, I'm in the combine that doesn't have the camera in it. <laughs> he said, are we going to film this podcast? <laughs> it doesn't bother me. No, but, but uh, Jason comes out to the farm and shoots a lot, shoots a lot of stuff. Uh, and man, how's that thing grown? Oh, it's amazing. I mean, like how many every, people, if you're in the United States or in agriculture yeah. in the world, you know who Big Tractor Power 100%. is. 100%. What yeah. a brand he's built out of something that's really, I mean, it's his passion. It's what he does for enjoyment. Yeah. But, man, what he's shown, it's, um, it's unbelievable. Crazy. And yeah. the uh, amount of people that have viewed his content is, it just goes to show you how much power there is in this social media 100%. Thing, you know. Um, I think one of the super cool things that, you know, from you know beginning to do like these commodity shows and stuff is getting to meet people like Brandon and um getting that unique perspective that he brings to agriculture and when when you get to go to these shows and you start to build relationships with these people you see um how blessed you are to be in the world of agriculture to begin with because you get these dynamic um stories and personalities and once you've built these networks, um, it's really amazing what you can accomplish through them. Oh, you can, yeah, absolutely. Because really, agriculture is this massive machine, right? A global machine today, to which I don't really remember having it in the forefront of my mind when we were growing up. Like, I didn't think of it that way. I just never really did. Yeah. And it's probably because of technology that we do today, or that I think that maybe that transformed as we had a smartphone in our hand. Now right. we can see what's going on in South America. Yeah. I never really pay attention to it when we had a flip phone. Yeah. We didn't or even dial pay up internet. We didn't even pay attention to what was happening <laughs> no, in Missouri or Tennessee. No. But now I didn't even pay attention to what was happening in Ballard County. Right. <laughs> yeah. It just didn't matter. It didn't resonate. Right. I was I don't know. I think I was so I don't engulfed in the craft. The, the horizons never really were, and I guess that comes with age and maturity, but this never really was, you know, uh, college opened some of that up, right? I think yeah. that's one of the best things I got out of college. I didn't go to Murray State for them teaching me how to farm. Yeah. I went to learn the rest of the stuff and got, and got, and Dr. Brandon was always a- adamant, you're getting an education, not a degree. And he was so right. He's down there today oh, networking. Yeah. I know. You know. He's one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. He, He's taught me more than he even realizes just by association what I was, you know, 
blessed to do out of that university. That's a killer place. Yeah. So who Brandon's referring to is Dr. Tony Brandon, and he is uh, he was the ag dean at Murray State, State. University, mm-hmm. which was uh, mine and Brandon's both alma mater. And uh, go racers. Yeah, go racers. And uh, but Tony has since retired, but he is still very active in agriculture in the state of Kentucky. He's currently heading up a um, West Kentucky Ag Advocacy Group mm-hmm. called Wave Ag. So he's still very much a part. Of, Absolutely. But in in the state of Kentucky, he is very influential in our industry. And, he is. And you see him uh, networking down there with that big group Absolutely. of people. And uh, I, I want to tell everybody that's listening. If you haven't got it, if you're a farmer or you're in the industry, it's so important to get involved in this advocacy uh, effort. Effort. That's right. I mean, it takes us all, like Brandon was saying, like if you really want something done in the industry, you have to put boots on the ground. 100%. And you also have to develop networks because, look, you're not powerful by yourself. No. But as a group of individuals, we're very powerful. And, and you can't outrun relationships. You can't. there's no amount of money you can put on a relationship with people. It's, you know, like if um, once you develop these networks and these relationships, then those people are just a phone call or a text Mm -hmm. message away, and they're willing to help. So that's what I was saying. I I skipped off of it. You know, ag is a global global industry, but domestically it's this massive machine. But really once you get in it, Inside that, once you you know start looking around that circle, that circle's pretty tight. It is, and 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 they the placeholders may change in the circle, but they don't really ever leave the circle. They just may be in a different spot of it. Yeah. But that circle really, for the size of the industry, is not as large as it seems when you get when you start looking at it. You know, agri- agriculture has a big financial footprint, but very few people 100%. that are participating in it. And then when you get down to the very powerful, influential people, you're you're taken from a small group down to a very, mm. very small group. So it just uh, reiterates how important these relationships yeah. are within agriculture and, and then trying to further our industry forward uh, just in the global scheme of things or in the national scheme of things. And so, and it's so important, and I, like I said before, I never thought I'd put time into doing, you know, stuff like this. Yeah, really. I, well, you know, when I was uh, in my 20s and just I was, you know, self-centered just on my own success. 100%. You know, I didn't even put a second thought to anything like no. this. But it's become a huge part of my life. 100% and, mine too. And I also have learned to really enjoy this part of my life. Yes. So I love to do Mine is it. traveling away from the family. Yeah. The rest of it is golden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, my wife is like, you went right from the uh, combine um, cab into the meeting room. I know. Um, so that is a difficult part that you still have to balance. But it has become a great part of my life. I enjoy... Uh, getting out away from the farm, meeting people like Brandon, his family, all the different p- folks that we've met in the um, you know commodity conference today. Last week, uh, Clayton and I were at AgCon, getting to meet you know people from the Kansas City and just mm-hmm. greater uh, Midwest and really far west as well, and from uh, even as far you know down to South America. So yeah. you you just get so many different personalities. Um, that are involved in the industry, but it's it is really a small group. Of it's really a small group. Yeah. Um, what else you want to talk about? Man, I don't know. It's we could go eighteen hundred different directions. Um, your your tractor puller. Talk. Oh yeah. Tractor puller. So tractor so puller. so Blake. Uh, you know you know him from my YouTube channel. One of our farm workers, the Blake Tanner. The Blake Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, you know I told when Brandon was going to come hunt with us a few weeks ago, and I told Blake. I, he was like, "Who is this guy?" And, <laughs> and I was telling him, you know, and he was he was like, eh, "I don't know." I, you know, Blake's he's he's never uh, high, very high on anybody. I said, "Blake, he's got a pulling tractor," and Blake was like, "Golden, send him down." <laughs> So there is a big part of agriculture that loves pulling tractors. So it talk is. about that just a little bit. Yeah, I think I. It feels like a lifetime now. I started. I started tractor pulling in 2007. So I'm a veteran, even though I'm a youngin. Right uh, by the age of most tractor pullers that's been around the ones I grew up watching. I'm really young, but I've been at it a long time now. <laughs> um, 
And even something so trivial as tractor pulling always comes back. There's always a tie to the industry, and and so we travel and we pull. Um, and we, I probably don't, I don't pull as much as I used to, just because responsibilities change. You're raising a family, but uh, uh, we still go, uh, go when we can, when time allows. Um, Grandpa was a was pulled, and Dad pulled, and uh, I pulled, and I have two brothers, and they've both one. My youngest brother's currently pulling. My middle brother's on a hiatus. He says he's retired, but I don't know that I believe it wholeheartedly. Uh, so. Uh, that's another passion that we do. Uh, it's a it's a really cool it's a cool sport to uh, be a part of too. And the people you meet in it, it's another ring of people that uh, and I sound like a broke record. It's people, people, people. But really, it's what our world is: is people. Um, and the relationships you've made in there, and the and the cool places we've been, and and uh, uh, county fairs. Um, we've pulled from Alabama to. Uh, Minnesota, all the way to the East Coast, North Carolina, and just about every state in between at some point. So, covered a lot of ground since 2007 with pulling tractors. Um, Will you be at the National Farm Machine? I'll be at the National Farm Machine Show. So, there's your chance if you uh, come to the National Farm Machine Show and you go to the pools. What we, should set up, you should need, we should set up and do another podcast at the Farm Show. That'd, that'd be, be cool. That'd be a cool place yeah. to do. But, yeah, Farm Show's coming up in February, not very many days away, and my motor is currently not blowing smoke yet, so... <laughs> Got to get on that right after a trip to D.C. next week. It's going to be tractor pull, tractor pull time. So we got to get to work and get things ready to go. But uh, uh, I, I'll probably a tractor pulling has given me a lot of things. It's gave me a lot of accolades. We've won a lot of stuff. Had an extreme amount of success um, with good people behind us. But uh, it probably it goes a, st- a step deeper than that in my household, and that's how I met my wife. Right? Really? Oh yeah. So, so talk about that a little so bit. So my household's starting because of tractor pulling. <laughs> That's super cool. Yep. So um, my father-in-law uh, is a, a staple puller in the south, southern region, Kentucky, Tennessee, Alabama. Kind of was a hot, was a three-state collective uh, tractor pulling organization, and uh, he's been at it for a long, long, long time. And uh, I started pulling in 07, got to be friends with uh, with Crystal's brother, Kevin, and um, – we're where he's a we're close in age so we uh there wasn't a whole lot of us younger people pulling at that time so uh, we became pretty good buddies and um um i met his sister and uh and the rest is history i guess oh, she was kind of cute yeah she was kind of cute still <laughs> is yeah but uh, uh yeah we started dating and uh i hadn't turned back um got married in uh 2008 so two kids two kids yeah 12 year old and a two-year-old little yeah. boy little girl and um so uh, i got I, I i hit the 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 lottery when it comes to spousal approval mine came from my tractor pulling family which is a high desire of mine and there's a farm family it was <laughs> and she can she's a killer cook so um the best of both worlds. i mean trifecta <laughs> trifecta and she's one heck of a mom too and uh I think that's probably one thing that I know over the course of my career doesn't probably get enough attention and they dang sure don't see them enough is, uh, and probably an important, it's an extremely important piece to uh, the farm success is, is how well the house stays together when Uh, we're not there. That's for sure. And I, I, you take, I take it for granted. Yeah. I catch myself certain times of year and I'm like, honey, Thank you. She's like, what in the hell are you want? Something's wrong. <laughs> right? And I'm like, you know, it, you, we work 16-hour days parts of the year. Not every day, but, we, you know, those hard stretches that we really are yeah. absentee. And, man. That's a rough stretch. Mine keeps it going. Corn planting. And there's no way I could be, a six, you know, measured, however you want to measure success, is passionate or do what I enjoy doing. Yeah. It is my job, but it's also what I enjoy doing, which is a, another blessing in itself. There's not a day that I get up and go, God, I got to go to work today. I'm not that guy. Yeah. And uh, that's a blessing. Yeah. Um, but we couldn't, the farm could not exist to the six, to its magnitude that it is today without home being being taken care of when we're not there. And sure. I know you're the same way. Yeah. Um, but she's a she's a. You can't replace a good woman no, in a farm you family. Cannot. I mean, they man, are. Man, I got a good one. 
you know, they're absolutely key yep. uh, to holding a farm family together. And you look back generations before us saying, wait, my grandma, yeah. killer lady. Oh, yeah. My mom, killer lady, kept everything together while dad's doing what he's doing. Yeah. And my grandmother, I mean, used to fix food and mom fixed cook for the guys when we were in the field. And, yeah, you can't replace – I am not who I am today without her. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great thing to highlight is, you know, you meet all these, uh, you know, and I'm, there's great women in the ag industry Absolutely. too. But you get down there, you know, and there's lots of men in this ag industry. And um, what you don't get to see is those women at home holding the yeah. fort down and sitting up it. with sick kids sure. while mine lets me catch three or four hours of sleep because <laughs> we're going back out the door, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, or, or taking care of school or running sports or. There are guitar different... lessons or whatever it takes, yeah. paying bills at home or what have you. I mean, there's no way. Yeah, they're a different kind of woman. I tell her all the woman. time, and I mean it sincerely, and I maybe the good Lord calls home at the same second, but there's she will be fine without me. I don't know how many days I make it without her. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> Once you have a good woman in your life, it's hard to replace no, her. No, you can't do it. Yeah. Can't do it. So um, going forward, uh, I've... I've hit Brandon up. This is, uh, I think, I t- he said, how many podcasts have you done so far? And I said, I, I don't know, I think 15 or 16. But I, I hit uh, Brandon up early in this, and I said, hey, what, why, why aren't you going to join us yeah. in this endeavor? And he was like, ah, I never have time or whatever. So we hope that over the course of uh, going forward here, that we're going to have him as a, a pretty staple um, part of this podcast. And uh, Brandon's... Uh, network that he's built up over the last several years is impressive and uh I, i've got a bunch of good guests that i have uh that uh, the ability to bring on but brandon uh kind of cements that he's got probably if if there's somebody with more contacts than me <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> yeah it's brandon i don't know I don't, you got a lot <laughs> yeah brandon's got a lot too and we hope that uh going forward he's going to be a part of this with us and um that you'll get to hear uh, his voice, along with some of the um, really influential agriculture guests that he has in his phone contact section. It's such a cool platform, right? We've talked about it for before, before I ever really you know, thought you were going to go forward with it. Uh, podcast is such a cool deal. Sit around and talk about what you like and enjoy. And, and I don't know that there's any other way that passion comes out other than sitting around talking. Yeah. And I think it comes out the most raw form at that point. And I think if there's one thing that I can tell that your and I's generation is going to be enabled to do better is communicate with non-ag people what we are. Sure. And why we are. And they were, I hope we're pretty cool people, right? Yeah. And, and sh- show some insight and in what and what goes on in our industry, you know, and Cl- why Clayton's whole vision um, originally when he came or or still is serve agriculture in his mm-hmm. business, and um, you know when he it was you know one of Clayton's original ideas for us to be on a podcast, and um, you know I think that serve agriculture, you know. This is one of the great things that this podcast allows because Absolutely. you get to share with the non-farm listener mm-hmm. the things we get to do each and every day about everything. Yeah, about there, everything. And Fam- there's no, and there's no script. Yeah, family, uh, hunting, uh, politics, advocacy, politics, good uh, and bad, finance, finance, the cool machinery we get to see every day. Right. Um, and then um, show some insight into the people that we get to interact with that are. Salt of the earth, fantastic people. Sure, yeah. With immense amount of knowledge in their head that has crafted this industry. Yeah. And, I mean, two of them, my granddad's one of them. I'm, I'm proud of him, and I'm probably partial. And I'm, I'll own it. I'm partial. Um, but the other one that I would be partial to would be Billy Joe Miles. Yeah. And they are such a – them two guys shaped what we're able to do in this state today. Yeah. Uh, and there was others, but they were they were some heavy hitters, and they were competitors in the retail space, but they were also best friends. Okay, so if if you uh, if you know anything about Kentucky Ag, you've heard the name Billy Joe Miles. But if you haven't, you have heard of Ohio Valley Ag. 
Isn't that his? No, it was it was, uh, it was uh, uh, Big Rivers was one of them. Okay. And then it was Miles Farm Supply. Oh, Miles Farm Supply. That's right. Yep. And then he's also got Miles Gas as well. Miles Gas was yep. on it. Miles Trucking was part of it. Yeah. And um, um, they had. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the equipment company. Uh, sold it's, sprayers. That's where I bought my first nitro sprayer. Was it Big Rivers? No, Agrimart. It was Agrimart. Oh, well, that's his sprayer too. Well, it, Agrimart was their um, was one of their uh, machinery businesses. They sold fertilizer applicators and sprayers and spray coops and stuff like that out of Owensboro you. back in the 2000s. Yeah, Owensboro, Kentucky. Yep, is where he's out of. Yep, he's passed on. Now. He passed on. Yeah. 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 So. But his he's you know the family still integrated in agriculture. Um, uh, he had two daughters that that uh, are still around in ag. Uh, Miss Deborah um, took care of a lot of the business stuff, uh, running the businesses uh, the, uh, the retail operations before they sold to uh, CPS. And then um, uh, one of the other daughters is Suzanne Miles, which is legislator. Oh, okay. friend of agriculture. I didn't know that. Absolutely. Huh. And then um, two sons that still farm, and a uh, grandson that uh, was farmed and stepped away from the farm doing the trucking company and some construction stuff. So it's the, that uh, legacy and lineage of that family of what uh, Billy Joe and Mr. Miles, which was his dad, started is still living and breathing agriculture today. Yeah. So. Kentucky's got a great legacy. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. Ah, it's, it's, so, it's so cool. Yeah. And it's also so cool to go walk when we walk around to places. And I mean, you and I did this when we were in DC last year. They were decently respected. Yeah, right. Not as individuals, but as a as agriculture industry in the state of Kentucky. Sure, little old Kentucky, we pack a little. We do. You know, I, and it's I, kind I, of a pride thing, right? You puff your chest out just a little <laughs> bit, but it really is. It's, it's neat to see. All the blood, sweat, tears went into this industry in this state, and we've talked about a couple. And there, you could write a book on how many there were, right? Yeah, but uh, it's 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 cool. The, I thought one of the coolest things was when we were in D.C. last year, and we were going around and you know, uh, throughout all the Capitol buildings, and you know, just in the in the community at large, and people would ask where you're from, and you know, they would name some titans from the state yeah. and be like man that's such a gentleman mm-hmm. you know and it does it makes you feel oh, a pride, pride for the Absolutely. state of kentucky to just know that people respect your state and what you're bringing to the table um but i guess i guess the other side of that and the part that consumes probably too much of my mental space sometimes is uh the quote-unquote pressure of carrying that on yeah I, i'm a student of history i enjoy history and history repeats itself often. And, um, you know, I, I have a, a, enough pressure in my head to not screw up what they've built. Yeah. And I, it bothers me some, right? And you know, I think sometimes I catch deci- that coming into decision-making and not out of family pressure, right? Because th- that's not the case. It's not an author- authoritarian structure inside our family businesses. But, you know... Um, what they've done has been successful. Sure. What the Titans in our state have done has been successful. Yeah. And we still get to run around with some of them today. But, boy, we got to be careful not to screw that up. Yeah, no, I think oh. that's uh, that's one of the – Really, it's, I, it's I why I have stronger. So much, it's why I have so much gray in my beard I know. on my head. It's just because of the people that have come before us. And, you know, we've got to see the, the hardships that they've went Absolutely. through to get us to the point we're at now. And you're right. I mean – we don't want to epically screw oh, this thing up. That would be so bad. It would be. I don't even know how I could. I don't know how I could even fathom. I, and I think you know that's uh, that's a lot of the stress just overall in the ag industry. I is, agree. Is like at least for me. Yeah. I, I mean, for especially for generational guys, yes. I think is because they see the successes and the hardships and uh, the amount of labor it is taking each family to get to the point that they are, and they just uh, don't want to screw it up so two things i think i spend time reflecting on if there is days that the phone's not ringing off the hook which doesn't seem to be very often and during harvest season but um tractor driving is is they're extremely therapeutic i think wouldn't you agree i would agree when yeah. it's when it's quiet when and everything is humming when that right. soul machine's moving and everything it's a great you know operational day that thing is extremely therapeutic but it's extremely reflective too yeah um 
you look out those windows and I think there's two things that that spend that I keep in my mind in those quiet corner moments, not screwing up what we're just talking about. And then how am I going to enable my lineage of children, grandchildren, hopefully good Lord willing, uh, also assuming they want to farm. They may not. If yeah. they don't, that's cool. But I'm 12 year olds pretty eat up with it. And I don't know, maybe I can stay cool enough to the two-year-old little girl that she wants to be with dad, too. We'll see. But if she doesn't, that's okay. But, you know, enabling them to be, I don't even, it sounds egotistical, and I don't mean it to be that way, in a better place than we were. Sure. How do I start them, if they're going to farm, how 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 do I position position the operation to be a little better than it was when I got it, which is one whale of a task, because... I had an immense start. Yeah. But whether, you know, and I'm not, and I don't, you, I don't know how we trans, I'm not necessarily meaning a transformation, but I, uh, just a leg up and a, another, a bigger, a bigger foundation, not more solid because the foundation's solid, but a larger one, a larger foundation of some degree to enable them to be more successful than we were. Yeah. And I, I think about it a lot, and I don't know what that looks like. I yeah. don't have the answers, and that, that, that might be the scary part. I think it is. You because know, I, as farmers, it's also extremely hard to not control a situation because we control situations on the daily for a living. Yeah. I got a really good dose of that being a dad. You know, one of the, one of the tough things about agriculture is there is certain things you can control. You know, but there's also the the portion of the industry we cannot, Mm -hmm. you know, the weather and um, maybe maybe you have to endure three or four droughts or Mm -hmm. maybe you have to endure three or four years of down markets. And that can vastly affect your bottom line and the stability of your business. And um, to go along with just the day to day stress to ag. Yeah, uh, it's just it, it can be overwhelming at times. It can be. And, and I get gripped up like when we're in the middle of farming season, you know, not so much right now, I'm pretty chill right now yeah we're not revved up at seven o'clock in the morning right, right? it's it's i mean we're, i'm going to work but it's not 100 mile an hour yeah um boy it's hard to check that it is when you're when you what when you're in the middle of corn planting and i'm probably the most revved up in corn planting because we're coming out of this winter time and everybody's back on their feet and we're running yeah and it's like i mean i'd equivalent it to a marathon it's that first hundred meters you you got to pace yourself, but you're revved up because you you feel you feel good. Yeah. So coming out of spring, we go into corn plant. We're feeling good. Yeah. You know, like kind of like a wound like a, up tight. Yeah. I mean, like kind of like a you know a stud horse that ain't been broke all the way yet. Yeah. You got some got some snip in it. <laughs> so, boy, it's hard to check those in different areas, and I find myself even doing it when I go home. You know, you go home revved up. And Crystal may say something, and, and I'm pretty ready. I'm like, well, you need to do this, 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 and this. Well, hold on. I probably better not always say that, but the brain is a fanatical event. Um, you know, when you do this, 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 and this, and you're the guy that's given the answers, it's hard to turn that off. It is. And, and, it, it, and it comes with, you know, you know, and it's not just marriage, the kids too. I don't always need to provide every solution, but man, it's hard not to provide every solution when that's what you're supposed to be doing every day, right? <laughs> But I got a dose of it good. Uh, I got a dose of it good when 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 Case was born. He had some. Uh, I tell you what, it'll change your mindset too. And this is the raw portion of people in agriculture, not just agriculture, just raw portion of humanity. Uh, he had some medical complications and he was in the hospital. Let me tell you, buddy, that day I couldn't fix him. Yeah, man, man, it's totally different than needing to go fix a combine. Right. When you got to sit on your hands. Yeah. So there's a time to sit on your hands in every form of life, and yeah. in agriculture and non-agriculture. But uh, I think it's interesting to try to maintain the intensity of what it takes for us on a yearly to to go do what we do, and then also try to remain cognitive of it. That's got to be a knob you can decrease down a little bit at yeah. certain times. Yeah, if if you are turned up on the corn planting, oh boy, uh, all the time. Yeah, it'd be hard to be around any of yeah, us. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. 
And and it's such a disease. Yeah, it farming is. is a disease. It's a, it, we're degenerate gamblers. Oh, and consumed by it. <laughs> yeah, consumed by. I it. think that's industry wide, top to bottom. Absolutely, you have to be. Yeah, it, I don't say you have to be, but it seems to be pretty common. You know, Clayton over here with the uh, with the ag media business. Yo, how many miles did you say he drove? Uh, Fifty thousand. Like, he was up at two thirty day before yesterday morning, and then he was like, he texted me last night. I think it was about eight o'clock. What time are we leaving in the morning? Well, we had to leave at five to get here. Yeah, you know, Clayton's sending me text messages at four thirteen or something Jeez. like that this morning. You know, already wound up. Yeah. So it's it's just industry wide workaholic. Uh, it is degenerate gamblers. It is. <laughs> it is. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess we'll wrap it up there for today, and uh, we're going to be together over the next few weeks at different yeah. places, and uh, we'll get together again and further our conversation. But I look uh, forward to it. This yeah. is this is a cool deal, and I look forward to the people being on here. Um, boy, they're being a tough row. Me and you both asking them questions. Oh yeah, we can throw some questions. Ain't at good. Them. <laughs> be a good time. We'll, we'll have some really cool guests coming yeah. up. Um, and uh, we just appreciate your time listening to us on here ramble and uh, like share and subscribe we thank you for listening to the agriculture podcast we'll see you next time see you